Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the outstanding Frank Bodani, York Daily Records, sir, welcome. Steve, hope the week's starting off well for you. Yeah, it seems to be starting off okay. Uh, Great. So um, let's start a little bit with Penn State football recruiting. Uh, they get the commitment last week from Vega Ione, who was uh, had been committed for six months to Washington. They change coaching staffs. He opens up his recruitment. Penn State gets him, and then they get the transfer from Cornell. Uh, yeah, on top I'm just of that, finishing my story here as you guys called me in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just committed. So yeah. Um, so, what kind? You know, what are we seeing after seeing the class they signed in December, then the late signing period? Now this, what are you seeing, Frank? Well, and also the commit they have on the offensive line for 2023. Right, so four right. of them. Wait, are. Which, which I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> right, we won't. Yeah, right. that's fine. You that's can fine, you, you can mention all the names you want. Yeah, yeah, I just have it. to sit here and listen. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Well, I mean, so Phil Troutwine's demise is a little overstated, I guess. But, um, you know, I mean, he comes in and doesn't have his own guys to work with on the offensive line. New offensive coordinator, some struggles there. And, you know, hey, here's the deal. Offensive linemen, probably the toughest position to grade and to uh, figure out what's going to happen. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's tough. Some guys just don't pan out. You know, I mean, and but this is looking good for Penn State. They needed help right away. They get the transfer kid that they really want in Hunter Norzad, and I think that's bodes well for a team that's. I mean, they're losing what three starters last year. So yeah. They need to replace guys, right? And no, he's, he's proven too, right? And yeah, he he's proven. I just like Eric Wilson was proven when he came here as an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so. What's interesting about that is that you know, the offensive line, it takes time to develop. And I'll give you a name, the late Adam Gress. Uh, remember how Adam finally got his chance to start here and how well he played yeah. his senior year? And, and Frank, I'm telling you, I watched him practice for three years and never thought he'd see the light of day. And all of a sudden, boom, the light came on, and all of a sudden he became you know, like really good. So it just... You're right. It takes time, and that's one of the toughest areas to have patience with because you have to have patience when you're developing a lineman. Right, and even these guys, who are, you know, we don't have to name names, but even the the high profile recruits that Penn State is getting verbal commitments from, I mean, they're not going to be able to help right away. So this is good, but it's not going to be saving the team, so to speak, this season or maybe even next season. That's why. Someone like Norzad so important, and to see with the transfer possibilities, Penn State never was able to do that before, right? They were never yeah. never able to find a guy who had proven himself even at a different level and add him quickly like that. Right? No, ex- exactly. Uh, what you know, and this is the portal is so interesting, and right? You know, what I found is interesting is that, for example, uh, he's from Cornell. Eric, of course, came in from Harvard. We're seeing a lot, like several Ivy League players, getting one last shot at Power Five schools, at a, a variety of positions. 
How interesting do you find that? Well, I think there are probably always, these guys are always high achievers on the football field, too. It's just that we never paid much attention <laughs> to them before until now. <laughs> right. And now they have options to go elsewhere. I mean, it's not just all of a sudden, hey, we were underrated, overlooked, we're just going to do the best we can in the Ivy League. Hey, now they got a chance to, to shine at a high, you know, a national TV level, you know, a national program level where people are going to notice them. Great for them, right? I mean, plus you get both sides of it. I mean, you know they're going to upheld their their end of uh, the work part of it, the study part of it. No, no problems there, right? right yeah. <laughs> nope, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, all right, now the next part is name, image, and likeness. Uh, Penn State was one of the first. I think it was at four schools, I think Oklahoma, LSU, Penn State, can't remember the fourth one, that have this um, not deal with fanatics on uniforms. Uh, this is something that always was a touchy subject for recent years. Uh, what do you think, A, it means potentially for players, but B, what about the fans and their ability now to get those jerseys? Uh, it's more opportunities for everybody, and I think the winners are going to be the programs that adjust and do it the right way but quickly and take advantage of it. I mean, look at Texas A&M. I mean, they went all in, and I mean, as far as everybody knows legally, but they're helping get the, 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 the talent into their school, and I think James Franklin – was doing the best he could. Boy, he's a master at doing this, talking about what he wants without really, you know, coming down on anybody. But he said, you know, we got to be bold and we got to be aggressive. And it's not just facilities, it's with NIL. And because it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the landscape from, you, you mentioned fans and their availability, mm-hmm. but it's going to change the landscape of college football. And you got to be able to deal with it and use it to your advantage because you will get left behind. I, I mean, that's what it seems like. Unless there's going to be rules and, and enforcing this in a whole different way we don't see, you got to be on top of this. And Penn State, um, you, you know, you think is going to do it, but I think they have some catching up to do. Well, here's one that's ultra-aggressive. Right? And people wouldn't think of BYU. I mean, BYU is being ultra-aggressive with this to the point where they have either a benefactor or benefactors. They're essentially picking up walk-ons tuition, which means instead of having 85 scholarship players, technically they can have an unlimited number. Well, they're smart. And look at Grambling and some of the other schools. I mean, so it's... The, the, the powers that be, the Ohio State and Alabama, of course, they're going to be able to benefit because of who they are. But mm-hmm. schools that didn't have that same type, if, if you're creative, if you get on this and you find ways to market yourself and make people say, hey, this is why you should come here now. Look at what you can do for not just yourself, but your family. They're going to steal recruits. I think they're going to they're going to kids are going to want to come and play. If it can benefit themselves, right? I mean, I don't. Pretty simple, I think. If yeah. you have enough, yeah. enough developmental parts in process, and you know, in play, that's it, well, exactly. Um, and look, there are certain boosters, for example, 
that do not care about return. They just want to win games. All right. There's the, then there's other entities. Let's take Dr. Pepper, for example, with DJ Uyunglele of Clemson. What was their return on having him be a spokesperson for them? Not very strong. I mean, I don't know if he has a lasting deal with them or not. We'll see. But like you, normally with, a, with an entity like that, they want a return on the investment. Right. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so now let, let's get to the Michigan thing. Josh Gaddis leaves to go to Miami, makes a lateral move. We already know McDonald went back to Baltimore, but nobody was surprised by that because, you know, Wink Martindale got fired. He'd been with Baltimore. Let's not pretend Jim Hart, I want to be at Michigan forever. That's because that's his only option. He wanted that Vikings job. You don't interview for eight hours and not want the job. I mean, Frank. Right. I mean, let's sure. let's face it. I mean, I just think for Michigan, the whole thing's a bad look. Well, sure it is. I mean, and especially after your, you know, your you finally got kind of toward the top of the hill. Yes. Right after every year of people saying you underachieved, you finally got to the place where your fan base and everybody's like, yeah, this is what we've been expecting, and now you have a little bit of disarray. Um, but, I mean, maybe it's just another sign of, the, I mean, it's the world we're li- living in in sports is moving fast and it's changing. <laughs> and I, I don't know if what we're seeing there is, is going to be much different than you see anywhere else, just a little more publicity because it's Jim Harbaugh and, you know, publicity kind of uh, just draws to the guy. But Oh, I know. <laughs> I know he is. I know. He, it's... And, and, you know, Josh didn't get the, 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 the coordinator job at Penn State, it seems like, so mm-hmm. he wanted to go elsewhere. Good for him. Yeah, it's He's fine. not maybe getting the right look that he thought he would as the head coach, so he's going to leave. And that's just – not everybody does it that way, but, I mean, <laughs> that's just part of the business. All I right. mean, I think that's gonna, that kind of stuff's going to happen no matter what. Yeah, well, it's interesting, though, is it's a lateral move. Uh, you know, you just won the Broyles Award – top assistant, and that's what strikes me is the lateral. Now, it's a lateral move to a head coach who is a defensive-minded guy. Well, maybe he sees a path. He wants to be a head coach and be it at the right place. Maybe he sees this as his best path to help him do it, and maybe he decided Michigan was not anymore. Maybe that's all. And then there's Auburn, and I don't want to get into what's being alleged off the field because I have no idea what's going on with that. Decisions are made sometimes where you just sit back, and the moment the decision is made, it's baffling. And from 30,000 feet. And I'm sitting there when Gus Malzahn was let go. It's not like he'd never beaten Saban, he'd beaten him three times in state. And they give him $21 million to hire this guy, and it never made sense to hire this guy. What did you think? You know, when you're a team like, you know, Auburn is. A little like Penn State, and maybe regarded as like a upper tier team in the best, one of the two best leagues, and like you could say in the country. But yet they're not Alabama and Penn State. Maybe to some, not quite Ohio State, but they're but you they can contend and they can be there and they can beat those teams and those hires. I mean, the fan bases are you know rabid, and it's, it, but uh, stability. You know. I, I think when Penn State hired James Franklin, they looked at somebody who they, at least on his end, thought this guy is going to commit to here and be here and be stable and and do it the way we want to do it. So you have to identify the right person for your fit. And 
I think that's way hard to do. How about that? <laughs> no, it is, no, it is hard to do. Now, there, there's obviously pressure from boosters, right? You know, got to win more. I mean, I, right. I cited, for example, Phil Martelli, because Phil's going to be here tomorrow, right, at St. Joe's. Now, he'd been there a long time, but he already had on his team at St. Joe's Jared Bynum, okay? Bones mm-hmm. Highland was coming in in the incoming recruiting class. Akeem Hart was coming in in the incoming recruiting class. And they blew him up. So Bynum, who had been a freshman, transfers to Providence at 32 yesterday. Hart goes to Maryland, starts. Bones Highland goes to VCU, starts, and is the first-round pick in the NBA. St. Joe's, since they blew him up, 6-26, and 5-15, 10-11. Nice move. Well... You know, there's pre- and and who are the people doing the hiring at that time at your school, and what's their what's their future? You know, what's their thought process? Right. Because people want to win right away, but you know, how do you do that? And do you go who? And and then how do you gauge who the the next young hot candidate? How are they gonna How are they gonna be not just the first year when they get their recruiting bump, but how are they gonna be in year three, four, and five? And how many guys? can you name that go to programs like that, like at Virginia Tech, and they do well right away or they do well enough, but it doesn't hold. Right. And, and, and people aren't patient anymore. I mean, what patience is there even at those programs where they had sometimes had coaches for a long time? There's no patience. Right. It's just, no and the part about the Harrison thing is that when he was hired, like, I know he was at Arkansas State, but, like, from Boise after seven years – to the SEC, it just didn't seem like it fit. No, no and I, I don't think Joe Moorhead fit necessarily where he right. was going. He's a great coach and a great guy, but is that, yeah. is that the easiest fit for your big-time head coaching job? I don't know if, if that's the right fit. I don't know if – and that's nothing against him. No, I mean, and they only gave, but, they gave him two years. Right. I mean, he didn't have enough time to turn really anything around, even if it is – a better fit than we think, but it's interesting. I know these are all hard decisions, but it sure is interesting. We sit back and say, "Yeah, I remember when Phil got blown up. I was like, that makes no sense." When Brian Harson got hired at Auburn, I thought that makes no sense. But I am from thirty thousand feet, so what do I know, Frank? All right. <laughs> well, you know how to pronounce all these names. So so, so that, far, so that that part that part I'm usually pretty good at, which is you're tremendous at that. <laughs> Kudos to you with all your practice, too. Good luck this week. (laughs) I appreciate that. Frank, you're the best. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Take care today.